and people just don't know. And if, you know, I can educate one person and change their mind from a negative view on ag to a positive view, then I've done something in this world. Welcome to the Becoming Future You podcast, where it's all about you. I'm here to help you figure out who you are and what you want out of your life. What are your special gifts? How do you impact others? What does living a great life look like for you? The answers are inside of you and we're going to unlock them together. It's time to become future you. I'm your host, Mel Jolly. Let's get to work. I'm super excited, and I know I always say that, but I really, really am excited about today's interview. I have Krista Huss from Huss Family Farms, and I found Krista on Instagram several months ago and started following her because she posts pictures of the and videos of her farm, right? So chickens and goats and little baby chicks and, and a donkey. I think you have a donkey. Yes, and I grew up on a farm in Missouri and we didn't have all those animals. We just had cows mm. and which are, you know, fine. I tried to ride a cow once and that went poorly as you might expect, yeah. but I followed Krista cause I just, I loved her videos. And the more I was watching her, I thought, you know what, this is somebody who seems like she is following a dream. You know how, when you see somebody talk about what they're doing and they just seem so passionate and so excited and they just really can't stop telling people about it. That to me says, okay, somebody's found a passion and they are are living their version of a meaningful life, at least in this in this one aspect. We know Instagram doesn't give us a full window in anybody's life. And thank goodness, because nobody needs to see all our everything. <laughs> but Krista, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, and I should say, uh, Krista and I are sort of neighbors, but we've never met. We're both in North Carolina. But I have yet to um, just randomly show up at Krista's house and insist <laughs> that I get to hold the chicks. It could happen, but it hasn't. It hasn't happened yet. So, Krista, oh my gosh, thank you so much for being here. It's so nice to meet you. Thanks for having me, I'm excited. Awesome. Now, okay, like let's dive right in. Tell me about you know your farm life. How did you get into this? So, I. A first generation farmer, meaning that my family is not a farm family. I married into a farm family. And oh. so my husband and I have been together seven, almost 17 years. I'm 32, and we have been together since I was 15. Wow. So when we first met, I was determined that I was going to be a nurse. I was going to nursing school. That's what I wanted to do. I actually hated farming. Can you believe it? Um, <laughs> but so I was going to nursing school. Hated farming. Um, we got married and I thought, well, we can get married and I'll make him fall in love and he'll quit farming and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> well, so I was in my third semester of nursing school and I failed by one point this semester. So oh. I was out essentially. Yeah. And devastated, reapplied, didn't get in, thought, what am I going to do with my life? So I started working as a CNA nurse assistant, hated it. Um, and then we had my oldest son, Wade, and after him, the cost of daycare and my like salary just didn't make sense. So we were like, well, I'm just going to stay home. So I stayed home. I kind of took up photography, which I still do. And my heart started to change. I just started to see the passion 
and the hearts of farmers and people in ag. And I guess God worked on me and I just slowly started showing up to the field, hanging out, getting more involved. And next thing I knew it, they had me on a tractor. <laughs> that is how it works. Yeah. At the time we were just row crop, meaning we only grew crops. We had no livestock. I have okay. right here. So you're going to hear them. I'm sorry. They're my favorite sound. So I'm so thrilled I, that I hear the baby chicks in the background. Yeah. They're like literally like right here. Yeah, um, the sweetest sound. So I, my boys got four chickens as a Christmas gift in 2020. There were four chickens from um, their aunt and uncle. And I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me. I have four <laughs> chickens that I'm going to have to take care of and I'm going to have to keep alive. Well, within a year, my four chickens turned into 54 chickens. Oh, my gosh. That is a lot. That Actually, is a lot of nine growth. Months, nine months to be exact. And I fell in love with the chickens, like head over heels, like obsessed, like crazy chicken lady obsessed. Like what, but, what are the specific aspects like of, of chicken, having chickens that started to make you go, oh, this is cool. This is cool. I don't know. Cool. People ask that. And I'm like, <laughs> I think it's just, there's so many breeds and varieties to choose from. And there's so many things you can do. You can raise them for meat birds. You can raise rainbow eggs. You can raise hatching eggs to sell eggs to people. There's just so much. And I just love the personality of a chicken. They're like little dogs. When I go in the little area, they follow me around. And it's just so satisfying knowing that they 100% depend on me. Yeah. Care for them. And I just think it's just the farmer in me. I just love taking care of the animals. So I became the crazy chicken lady. Well, then I thought, I love flowers. I want to grow mums. So last year, I kind of branched our farm out to um, not just row crop, but to more like greenhouse type stuff. And so I grew mums. I grew almost 500 like fall garden mums. Oh, well, wow. Oh, my gosh. They were so gorgeous. So, I mean, I cared for those every day, water, fertilized, and I just fell in love with being outside so much. I did less photography and spent more time outside, and I just loved it. And I think that was just God slowly molding me into the farmer that I am now. Mm -hmm. I just... I just fell in love with it. You know, um, I got handed more tasks on the farm um, during cotton. I would run our module builder, which is the thing that like packs the cotton down into the mm -hmm. huge bales. So I would run that. Um, and even now with our goats, I would say 99% of their care is from me. Um, I'm the one on the tractor daily hauling water, hauling hay, feeding them, checking on babies. Um, I'm pretty much their caretaker. And then my husband and father-in-law kind of manage the row crop side. So yeah, I've always loved animals. And I just think having livestock just makes sense for me as well as my flowers. So that's kind of how I evolved into the farmer that I am. And I love it. I love it. I can't imagine not doing this. <laughs> and that's an incredible origin story to go from. I hate farming. I mean, yeah. we're going to get married, but his mind's definitely going to be the one who gets changed and we're going to stop this farming thing too. And I, and I feel like sometimes, um, sometimes life or God puts things in our path that are meant to redirect us. Yeah. Um, and it often takes the form of an incredible 
disappointment. Just right. in a, the death of a dream. Right. Um, so it sounds like nursing school for you was the thing you wanted. And if we if we look at this, so um, I'm going to draw a conclusion. You tell me if you think it's true. Um, nursing people who go into nursing are often caregivers. They're people who like caring for humans right. and helping them grow and get better. And right. you transitioned into caring for animals. Correct. So would you say that's you're still using that caregiver instinct? It just wasn't meant to be used for people uh, in, in nursing. Absolutely. And I know now it was a blessing in disguise because I fell in love with nursing. My papa had horrible, um, had a horrible heart, like health wise. Okay. And so I fell in love with the nurses that were by his bedside caring for him when he had open heart surgery. Mm -hmm. And once I started working as a nurse assistant, I saw that the nurses cared for their computers. They spent more time charting than actually oh. talking and just caring for the patient. And that wasn't what I wanted. And I think yeah. that that was just a closed door that was meant to close because I don't have to chart when I'm caring for animals. My husband and father-in-law called to get an update, but I mean, 100% of my time is spent with them, not chasing a computer around. Yeah, so. that makes sense. And that, um, how did you deal with that disappointment? You know, can you think of, for anybody who's listening and is like in that place, and I have certainly been in that place multiple, multiple times. Like I have a degree in theater. So my oh. initial dream was to be an actor. Oh, uh, and now I can see how it comes back full circle around because I have a podcast and I have a YouTube channel and I put myself in front of people all the time. I have a natural teacher's heart. I don't want to be a teacher. Yeah. I'm not, I mean, God bless anybody who wants to be a teacher. My sister is a teacher. She tells me stories and I laugh my head off yeah. because I'm not doing it right. I yeah. am not with the first graders, you know, who are having all kinds of situations. Um, so I can see how it, it comes for full circle, but the death of a dream that we feel like this is the thing. Yeah. How did you deal with that? At first I was absolutely devastated. I went into a dark depression for a while. Yeah. Um, because I mean, I had worked my whole high school life to prepare for that. And it was like just taken. So I, I was depressed for a while, sat around, um, and then I finally kind of snapped. I don't want to say snapped out of it. I was like, okay, God, this door's been shut. I know that. So yeah. I need you now to guide me and show me, you know, what is next? What's, what's next? So I started helping out with the youth at our church. Um, I was working as a nurse assistant and hated it. Yeah. And I only did that for about nine months. Um, and then I got pregnant and had my son. And at that point, I still wasn't sure what I was supposed to do. I started photography, which I do love. And I still do that. Um, but I think that just all of those steps were God guiding me to where I am. You know, I was in nursing. I cared for people. Then I started photography where I was documenting and um, capturing life. Yeah. And that's really what I'm doing now through my Instagram is documenting, capturing, and just sharing with the public, you know, from my view, like what I see here on the farm. And that's kind of what photography did. 
So I think after the nursing school, God just slowly started putting little stepping stones yeah. for me to guide me to the place that I am now. Yeah. And so how long has it been since you, well, let me ask you this. How old is your oldest child? He is seven. He will be eight. Okay. July, so almost oh, it's been almost eight years since you really had eight plus years since you had the death of the dream to be a nurse and then you know all these little stepping stones to lead you to where you are and you got your first chickens in 2020 so we're looking at like almost like a six-year process and you didn't want the chickens um i know how those gifts are when somebody gives your child a gift and you're like great what yeah. were you thinking yeah, live at your house. That'll yeah. be fun. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really important to note that because I know I get really impatient. And I know that um, my coaching clients and listeners get really impatient. And when we reach the point where you said, okay, you, I talk a lot about grieving. So you grieve the loss of that dream. And you finally reach the place in the grieving where you're like, okay, I understand. I'm going to let it go. What's next? Yeah. I personally am like, give me the full answer. I want the full answer. I want it right now. That's I me. just want to get started. Just give it to me. Yeah. So I think it's important to notice that a lot of times if we listen to your story, if we listen to a lot of people's stories, the answer doesn't come right now all at once, fully formed. It's yeah. this step, this step, this step, this step, this step. and you're only on a step right now that's going to lead to the next, the next, the next, the next, the next. Right. So let's talk about your Instagram since you okay. mentioned it. That's how I found you. Um, when I first found you, I, I really, I think it was the beginning of this year. Um, you had 1500 followers, which is more than I have. So I was like, Ooh, I'm going to, I'm going to follow her. She's posting these animal pictures. I'm going to watch what she's doing. She keeps popping up in my reels. I think I kept liking your reels oh. and I didn't follow you right away. And then I was like, okay, I'm just going to follow her. Yeah. And um, now you have 11,000 followers. That's like in three months. Yeah. Yeah. What happened? Reels. Um, so I started picking up that reels were the way to reach people. Um, and, you know, I just, I say this all the time, but my goal with my Instagram, numbers are not important to me. I can have a hundred or I can have a hundred thousand. I just want to share the message of agriculture and just show people that we're not the bad people as farmers that we're made out to be. Yeah. Um, there's a huge gap between, between producers and consumers in agriculture. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like there's so much information that consumers don't know. And I want to share that with you. I want to share with you how our family does things and how we truly do care about our animals. Um, mm -hmm. So I, my way of showing information, I don't like to sit down like as a teacher and just like throw stuff at you. Like I like to use my personality and humor because I feel like if you somebody teaches you something and they're doing it in a hands-on, like funny, interesting way, you're going to retain that information and be interested in it so much more. So I thought, or these reels would be a great way for me to entertain and educate. So I just started making reels. You know, I would do a funny one and throw in a little bit of facts into it. Um, and I just kind of started doing that, combining comedy and education into a reel. 
and I just started growing, growing, growing. Um, I feel like there's a hunger. People want to know about farm life. Um, yeah. People want to know how we do what we do, why we do what we do, how the processes and people just want to know, because if you're not in ag, then you really don't know that much about it. I spoke in a school um, this past fall and about cotton. So I took in a whole cotton stock. Like I just literally like yanked it up from the ground. So I handed some out to the kids and one kid popped a piece of cotton in his mouth. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. And he said, well, it grows in a field. You eat it, don't you? Oh. And I'm like, no, not cotton. Your shirt has cotton. That's what makes clothing and money. And people just don't know. And if, you know, I can educate one person and change their mind from a negative view on ag to a positive view, then I've done something in this world. Um, one common thing that I get is that we um, soak our fields in chemicals. That's mm-hmm. a big we just put pesticides on everything. The price of pesticide is ridiculous. Oh, we want to use the minimum that we can. And just educating people on, for instance, a football-sized field, we would put about a soda can of chemical on that whole field. Mm-hmm. So, and then the rest is water. So I think just, just educating people is my goal and my heart. I love educating. Um, so that's kind of what I started using Reels for. And people just had the hunger, wanted to learn, loved my mm-hmm. comedy, and, and they're just hanging on for the ride. Apparently, God bless them. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think you're. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, and and it's so important that you had the dual. I think what has worked for you is that you had the dual goals to mm-hmm. educate and entertain at the same time. Um, there's a a book written by Lisa Cron, and it's called Wired for Story. And I saw Lisa speak at a conference and she talks about how, uh, you know, we all have these like antenna that come up if we feel like somebody's trying to force teach us something and our antenna comes up and we're like, whoa, 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 please do not, you know, I am not interested. And this is why comedy works so well to educate. This is why fiction stories work so well to educate as long as it's slipped in and it's not and here is the lesson that you are supposed to learn you don't need to beat people over the head with it and your reels are so funny and (laughs) they really are you did one um the ricky and lucy the i love lucy oh that went around for a while like why don't you ever have any money and she says you don't give me enough money and you were talking about buying chickens (laughs) you're spending all your money on chickens But I think it's so important that you are doing this because part of my background, I mentioned that my family has a farm in Missouri. It was always a secondary job for my dad um, to raise the cows. It's a century farm, which means it's been in my family for over 100 years. And my grandpa was so proud. We got the century farm status uh, before my grandpa passed. And he was so proud because it was his. His grandfather, his grandfather, um, who who started the farm when they immigrated from Germany. And now my brothers are expanding it and they're growing fruits and vegetables. And we still haven't gotten any more animals because I don't live there and nobody wants to take care of the chickens. (laughs) I get that. But 
when I was fresh out of college, I got a job giving tours in Charleston, South Carolina, and I drove a mule team. Oh. And I loved it. I loved it. And mules are so smart. They get a reputation for being stubborn. And it's just that they have an incredible survival instinct. Like a horse, you can literally run a horse to death. You, they, yeah. they will keep running if you tell them to keep running. And they literally run them to death. A horse can drink itself to death. Um, not alcohol, people. It's water. And they drink too much water and they can colic. So you really have to monitor a horse where mules, we would offer the mules water all day long. This is Charleston. It's super hot. We had some animals that um, they just wouldn't drink all day and they would drink a whole bunch at night, overnight. And then you'd clean out their stall in the morning. It was like, how many gallons did you pee in here? This is incredible. Yeah. Um, but I'm bringing this all around to point out that the mules were incredibly well cared for. They had something like 20 weeks of vacation at the farm out of town. Um, in the fields, they could only work eight hours a day, whereas a human, I could work 12 hours a day, right? The yeah. mules got a certain amount of breaks. That's they got funny. they got cooling breaks. They had fans and hoses of water put on them and all this stuff. And we were very regimented in how we cared for the animals. I would have people come up and yell at me, like people walking on the sidewalk. They wouldn't get on the tour, right? But they would come scream at me and say, you know, like, how how dare you do that to those animals? They're not meant to be working. Like, okay, well, first of all, they are a working animal. Yeah. They are meant to be working. You know what happened if they didn't work? Uh, second of all, I can pull this carriage by myself because it's on pavement. It's uh, got incredibly well-oiled wheels. With no humans on this, I can move this carriage around by myself. This is not too much weight for them. It, they barely even notice it. Yeah. And I, I printed up a pamphlet and I would try to hand it, hand it to them. How many of the yellers do you think took the pamphlet? None. Because no. they didn't want to be educated. Because right. if they're already angry, they've already made a decision, they're already yelling at you. They don't care. So yeah. with what you're doing with comedy and with your reels, you're catching people at a moment that they're not angry. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Now, are you getting people that are angry and are yelling oh, at you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. I have I could sit here for three days and tell you stories about the comments that I have gotten. Like, I will say this, one of the most mind blowing ones that I have received that I tell people about is somebody um commented that it was just so horrible of me to take the eggs from my chickens and feed my family. What? That it was just cruelty. So I said, Well, what, what do you want me to do with the eggs? And she said, well, you should let the chicken decide what to do with her eggs. They're her eggs. And I said, okay, if I leave them there for her to decide what to do, let me tell you what's going to happen. They're going to sit there. They're going to rot. They're going to attract predators that are going to kill the chicken. And they're going to get my chicken sick from all the bacteria and stuff that grows from it. That's what will happen if I let the chicken decide what to do. She then right. blocked me and like commented nothing back. They don't want to hear the truth. Right. Right. So how do you deal with, um, you know, because clearly you've kept going, that's not stopped you. I think I already saw a reel from you today. You pretty much do one a day. Is that, that's what I've been doing. Yeah. So you do one a day and, um, you've obviously not let those negative comments stop you. How do you, how do you carry on and not let that start to make you go, okay, well, you know, what? it's just not worth it. 
It's just not worth it. Nobody's paying me to do this. It's not, not worth it. I quit. So for every one nasty comment that I get, I probably get 10 positive ones, 10 mm -hmm. thanking me for showing me this. This is so cool. I'm so glad you shared this. So I used to respond back to every negative comment. I had the mentality, well, if I don't respond to them, they'll think that they're right or that they won and I got to prove my point. And I eventually learned that these people that are commenting these nasty comments, they number one, I can't change their mind. They have yeah. made their decision. I can't change their mind. Number two, they don't want to hear the truth. So honestly, I was wasting time by replying to them. So honestly, I just stopped replying because you're not going to change their mind. They don't want to hear the truth that I have to say. So I just stopped replying. Now, if yeah. somebody says, well, why are you doing that? That's not right. And they're asking a question, I will respond. But if they just tell me that I'm a horrible person, that I'm trying to kill the world, like I don't even respond anymore because I know that that's not true. And they, they're looking for a fight. They want to fight. Right. I'm not right. wasting time on that when I could use time to educate other people who actually want to learn. So honestly, at this point, I ignore it and just keep on moving. That's, That's incredible. Yeah. I, I hope you I hope you know how incredible that is because um, we're all kind of wired to look for the negative naturally. Mm -hmm. And you kind of have to rewire yourself to actually do an yeah. accurate measurement of, yeah. you know, you said you had 10 positive comments for one negative. Most people will still weight the one negative as as greater importance than the 10 positive. You can't, you can't make a positive out of that one negative comment. They're not going to change their mind. The 10 positive ones, that's 10 people that support you and that you can educate and teach something. So why focus on the one negative when you have all the positive that you could just continue teaching and growing with? That's incredible. And do you have, um, this podcast is called Becoming Future You. So it's always about thinking about the future version of yourself. So do you have a vision for where you want one year Krista, two year Krista, three years from now Krista to be farming wise or photography wise or family wise or any of that? Yeah. So photography wise, I have started to slow down. Mm -hmm. um, I was doing in the fall, I would be doing like the months of September, October, November, I was doing 50 some sessions a month. Obviously, fall was our busy time farm-wise. So um, last fall, I did probably 10 sessions each month. And this year, um, you know, I decided this year that I was no longer doing weddings. Um, oh, so okay. Weddings, because that's like a 10-hour event on Saturdays. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm booking way less photography. So my goal in, I would say, two years photography-wise is to be doing maybe two sessions a month. Maybe farm wise, I have a huge goal that I'm working towards. And I know, I know that it can't be accomplished in one year, two year, five years. Yeah. But like each year I can cross another stepping stone off to get to that destination. I'll tell you what it is. I'm not hiding or nothing. So I want to have a agritourism farm, meaning I okay. want to have pumpkin patch, corn maze, um, the petting zoo. I want schools to come here on field trips to where I can educate them. Um, you know, a barn for class stuff. I want the public to come to our farm for me to educate and just show 
how amazing farm life is. Let them experience, you know, hands-on. So that is our goal. I say ours. My husband is on board with it as well. Um, Great. So I hope to have a farm open to the public in five years. Okay. Here, I'm just hoping to accomplish something to get closer. So last year I did 500 moms. This year I'm doing a thousand. Um, just each year adding on something to bring more people to the farm. This year I'm also going to be selling hatching eggs to the local people. Meaning if you want this breed of chicken, you can come buy this egg for me, put it in an incubator and you can hatch it. Um, I also plan on selling live chicks. So, um, just adding on step-by-step little things to attract um, more people to the farm is the goal. Mm-hmm. To open up the full-scale agritourism farm. Um, so that's my goal. That's incredible. That's a that's a beautiful vision, and it's perfectly in alignment with what you're already, the steps you're already taking. Like, at what point would you say in your journey, you know, chickens in Christmas 2020 that you didn't actually want, to now it's March, 2022. At what point do you feel like that vision started? You really clarified it like that because that's incredibly specific, which is amazing. Yeah, I know. Um, and I'm not a very detailed person. Like I'm not good with details and being organized, which sounds crazy. So I got them Christmas 20. I would say by that summer, you know, it started out, people would come to me for chicken advice. And I realized that I had a love for educating people. Yeah. And ask me questions and I enjoyed it. I still do. Um, so I just thought, well, how can I take my love for ag, my love for chickens, my love for educating and just kind of combine it all into one to impact the most people. And the agritourism dream was kind of born that following summer. So that's kind of when light bulbs started going off, I guess, in my head. Hey, this this would be really good for me to do. Um, and I've just been adding on and trying to Day by day, get one step closer to that dream. That's awesome. And that's, so what would you say is you're, you're talking about adding mums and adding um, these different things to bring people to the farm. Correct. What would you say is the, the reason it's going to take five years? Is it a certain amount of money? Is it a certain amount of traffic? Is it a certain amount of structure? Something I haven't mentioned at all. Um, A little bit of all the above. Starting an agritourism farm is, takes a good bit of money. Mm-hmm. And my problem is we have the land now, but my husband cannot give up any of the row crop land for me to have towards my agritourism. So I have to, I'm kind of using the mums to kind of fund my dream. So my mom okay. will be used to save, you know, as a down payment for land. Um, so it's just going to take time to build up money to get the land, to build the structures, um, to get to the dream. There's this track of land, a farm, an old farm, about five minutes from my house that I'm obsessed with. Like, I want it. So every time I drive by that farm, I pray over it, God. You know, the wants and desires of my heart, you know, that I want a farm. God, I love this property. I just pray that you open up doors and shut doors. So I'm praying over this land every time I drive past it because I just love it. And it already has all these structures on it that would be perfect. So I'm just at this point, I tell people I'm kind of in the hallway waiting for the door to be open. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I'm just in the hallway working, chipping away, waiting for that door to open at this point. Um, yeah. And the, the amazing thing about how things work out um, is sometimes we're in the hallway and we're concentrating on one door and then a different mm -hmm. door opens and it actually is perfect. This other door, yeah. just like you and the nursing door closing and leading you to this place. Yeah. Um, I know in my experience, we, we really wanted to buy um, this piece of property and we worked so hard and we worked so hard and we, we bid on it and we, we didn't get it. Um, but it did cause me and my husband and, and the people we were buying with it, buying it with to get all our ducks in a row because we didn't know what we were doing at all. Right. But then we had the LLC set up and we knew exactly what steps we were going to take. And this other property opened up that was perfect, perfect, more perfect than the other one. And actually more within our actual price range, not our pretend dream price range. Yeah. And it all worked out like in one month because we had all our ducks in a row. We heard about it. We're like, don't even tell anybody else. We're on it. We got it. <laughs> you know, and it all worked out. Well, this is, this has been amazing. And I really appreciate the time that you have spent with us today. So let me ask you one final question. If five years from now, Krista were to just pop into your life one day, um, what kind of advice do you think she would give you right now? Oh my goodness. Um, so five years from now, Probably to just keep my eyes focused on the end prize. Um, just keep working because in this line of work, you know, you can't just sit around and just kind of have lazy days. That's not how it works. Yeah. She would say, it's going to be hard and it's going to be hard, but you just have to keep your eye on the end prize, that end goal and how, um, proud you're going to be and how happy you're going to be to see that accomplished, you know, just keep working, um, be patient because it's not going to happen overnight. Um, just yeah. be patient. Um, my big thing is to stay humble. Um, no matter how big, how, what you accomplish, you should stay humble. And when you get to where you're going, I believe in turning around and helping the next person in line. Help the next person trying to get where you are. Um, just, just be a good person. Stay humble. Um, you know, I have people message me asking questions about chickens, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, thank you for responding to me." They're like shocked that I answer, and I'm like, "Why wouldn't I answer?" Well, you're like Instagram famous now, for one thing. I feel well, like once you cross the ten thousand mark, you're Instagram famous. So they probably think. I remember I direct messaged you to ask about this interview. And I was like, she might not respond. I mean, she honestly probably gets so many DMs. She might not because I waited too long. I waited for you to start. I was interested two months ago, but I just didn't have my ducks in a row to plan the interview. And I was like, I'm I waited too long. She's too famous. She's not going to come on my podcast. That's a scary thought. No, but I mean, if I have 10 or 10,000 or 1,000, 100, 100,000, I'm me and I... I'm me. What you see on Instagram is what you see in real life. And I'm going to stay yeah. humble. And I just, I just think being humble, being grateful, helping somebody um, and just working hard, just keep your nose down to the grind. Don't let the negative um, block yeah. you. I have some family of my family that doesn't really support the dream that I have. Um, so that's kind of been tough, but I how do you deal. How do you deal with that? 
it's hard because they don't live the lifestyle that we live. And so I try to tell them the amazing parts and why I love it. And because they're not in it, they don't understand. Um, they just, they can't understand it. They don't see the joy that I get by helping a goat deliver a baby. But I just have to know at the end of the day, I have to do what's best for me and my family, meaning yeah. my husband, myself and my two boys. And um, just swallow the bad of feelings they have and just keep on doing what's best for me. And that's, I hope that you give yourself credit for that. Um, I know that you're talking about humility, but one of the things we also talk about in the podcast is just a lot of times we do things that are courageous or hard. And we forget to recognize, like, you know what? It is hard to keep going on your dream, especially if it's people you love or people you're related to who are like, it's not for you. You shouldn't do that. You know, the example I always use is like all restaurants, 90% of restaurants or whatever fail in the first year. Why would you start a restaurant? Why would you start a farm, Krista? People are always so negative on hating on farms. So you're just setting yourself up to fail. Now I'm just getting in your family's head and <laughs> just making things up. Well, this has been absolutely amazing. Uh, so people can find you on Instagram. You're at Huss Family Farms, H-U-S-S Family yes. Farms. Um, yes. I saw you're on TikTok. What's your TikTok? It's the same, but honestly, I haven't been on TikTok in a while. I had to, it became overwhelming doing yeah. so many platforms. So I just yeah. decided I'm going to just focus on one and focus on my energy towards growth on that one. And it was Instagram. So I am on TikTok, but not regularly. So Instagram is the best way to. Okay. Or learn from me if you want to learn. I also and have an email address too listed um, to contact but Instagram. And you also have a, um, like a chicken startup guide. Yes. Yes. Like and I'm chicken one oh one. Yes, I'm currently working on a few more about um, introducing them to the rest of your flock, when to put them outside, um, some food recommendations, uh, dietary needs of them. So I'm working on a few more as well. I'll be free. Um, they'll be posted there as well. That's inc that's incredible. And I will say, um, you know, everyone listening, please go follow at Huss Family Farms on Farms Farm. Just one. No S. Huss Family Farms. There's an S. There is an S. There is an S. Okay. Yes. Huss Family Farms. Yes. Um, on Instagram, you know, A, the animals are adorable. B, I am always on the lookout for things. And I actually didn't even realize Krista was teaching me anything. Or, oh. you know, I probably saw 50 reels before I was like, oh, I learned something. What's <laughs> happening? What's happening here? And see, if you're at all interested in growing your Instagram, follow people that are growing. And, you know, Krista's doing a reel every day. And that is a big part of, of how she's growing. And uh, Krista, I will say this. Um, I mean, first of all, the likelihood that I'm going to show up at your house is just continues to increase the more I get to know you and talk to you. I'm not crazy, but you also don't live that far away. I'm home and you're more than welcome. I love <laughs> the farm to people it sounds like it it sounds like it so um do you post like when your mums are for sale and when people can come buy them posting those mums will probably be ready uh, mid-september okay anticipate having the first ones available okay all right so you're going to post about that and um 
I think that's everything I was going to say. I think I had, I think I had one final button, but I got so excited thinking about like going to visit baby chicks that I forgot <laughs> what I was going to say. Oh, but man. Oh, I know what it was. Krista, just plant this idea, little seed of an idea in your head. If you were to ever at some point in your journey, start a Kickstarter for, um, or any kind of crowdfunding for your educational farm that people can come visit, please let me know. <laughs> because it, it actually, it very much is a cause that matters to me. And I certainly know that my dad, who doesn't even know how to turn on computer, <laughs> is never going to be on Instagram <laughs> dancing around and, and educating people. So I'm so grateful that you're in the world helping. <laughs> And, and teaching and entertaining people about farm life and about animals and, and about the real deal, because it is hard work and it is necessary work because we all like to eat. So <laughs> thank you so much for being here, Krista. I really appreciate it. I've enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and got something you needed. If you did, please remember to take a screenshot of the podcast and post it on your favorite social media platform. Not only will it help this growing podcast find new listeners, you also retain new information better when you tell others about it. So make a quick post about today's episode and then take action on what you learned. Remember, if future you is different than present you, that means you're going to have to do something different. If you'd like to get more clarity on who you want to become, Download the free Becoming Future You Starter Guide at becomingfutureyou.com forward slash start.